This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I believe the odds were 250 to 1 to win. 250 to 1? Woo! Yeah, man. Dude, it's 50, and he just won a major championship. Those are good Those are good odds. Shit. Imagine hitting that on 10 bucks. Shit, I'll throw 100 on it, man. That's what you got to do. But if I'm a bet, I'm not betting $10, man. Well, it depends on the odds, right? Like, depends on the odds. Did you see that uh, that Mac Jones bet I threw in? Uh, I put it on Twitter. You threw in or you threw away? I'm, I'm still not sure. Bro, it's, not, sure. it's a bet, man. If shit was 100%, we'd all hit. Like, it's a bet. For man. sure. And if you're going to bet, For sure. then the goal is to take odds that are favorable and have at least a story as to how that outcome could be plausible. And a team like New England, who's not a bad team, they're probably going to contend for a wild card spot if, you know, some things break in their favor. They have some some tough luck with opt-outs last year, but I can easily see them being a playoff team. And Cam yeah. Cam Newton looked bad last year. Like, I don't know why everyone thinks that he looked – he looked bad last year, and they wanted every opportunity. They had every opportunity to try to pull him, but Jared Stidham was even worse. So now you spend the first-round pick on a quarterback who's pretty damn good, and as soon as Cam Newton falters, and they brought in Brian Hoyer, and I think that was a move that sort of signifies the end of Cam. Like, they're not going to build an offense around a one-year rental when you just spent a top 15 pick on a quarterback. So, plus 1,600, plus 1,500 for Mac Jones? Yeah. Like, really? Like they're- I don't hate it. I don't hate it. You know, like, and even we we talked about it in the, the Heisman chat and the Discord. Like, I fully expect Mac Jones to start week one, so – from that standpoint, if you're projecting that, I like it already. You know, and Justin Herbert didn't start the year and still won rookie of the year. I mean, he, he was still tremendous, but he still didn't start the year. So if Mac Jones even comes in, you know, week two, week three, he's obviously still got a shot. And I think from that standpoint, it's good. But are you saying that, you know, old GQ is going to be diving into more betting content? Like, it seems like you're slowly getting there. You're slowly getting there. Yeah, man. I mean, at this point, I have no choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, at this point... Uh, with things that have happened over the past shit, week and a half, two weeks, I think that's definitely something that we're going to see a little bit more of. Old Parlay Ray coming back to the table to, to talk a little sports gambling. You know, I'm from Vegas, so it, it runs in my veins already, man. No, that would be dope for sure. But I mean, those that Mac Jones, I, I, I'm, eh, I don't know. I, I think I like Fields probably. I think his number was 700. So, you know, you're getting twice as good odds. But I do like Fields this year a lot. I think... The Bears really need them, and they're going to need them a lot to keep them keep them in games. So that's why I like Fields. Yeah, man. Probably is my my front runner. Dude, 
Welcome back, man. It's been, we've been off for what, three weeks, three weeks yeah. that we have not done the show. Uh, I had a death in the family that we had to attend to and then the draft and then, you know, just trying to play catch up really with, with content and everything like this, but we're back and uh, I'm excited, man. There's been a lot of, a lot of stuff happening, man, in the sports world, in the, in the entertainment world, in the music world, in the culture world. There's a lot of dope shit happening right now, man. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's obviously good to be back. Uh, the people have been asking. I've had a few people ask me, like, when's he coming back? When's he coming back? And I think it's hilarious that I want to say two weeks ago, we came with this idea of talking about not just what we do as content creators, but like as people and how those two lives intertwine. And really, it's almost a perfect way to talk about this episode because, like you said, you had death in the family. We had the drafts. So we're like, oh, maybe not that week. And then, you know, some miscommunication, some few things popping up, Mother's Day, whatever. And it's just, this is what it is. You know, we're two people who don't even live in the same country trying to create content. We have lives on top of all of that. Um, it's not always easy to coordinate these things. I think that just speaks to making this episode after so much time. It's kind of the perfect way to talk about our content creation journey and, and what it's been about so far. Yeah, man. And, you know, I get a lot of people that ask me, um, you know, how to, you know, for us, our primary audience is the fantasy football community, the fantasy football space. And I get a ton of people that ask me, like, how do you make it? Like, what are what are some tips? Like, what do you actually do in the fantasy space? Um, you know, is there is there a way to make a living talking about fantasy football, creating content, doing stuff on Twitter? And, you know, what I tell a lot of people is there is no sort of one, one shoe fits all kind of path um, in order to create content in this space, um, on YouTube, on other platforms. And, you know, having an ability to earn income from this, I think is really, really rare, you know, at least enough, at least enough income that really, I guess, warrants your time. Like I'm a big proponent of protecting your time, man. Like I just, Everything that I do has to has to make sense from a time standpoint. You know, that's one of the few things in life that we we constantly lose. Like we don't ever get that back. Like every second that ticks by, you know, you don't get that time back. So everything that I do, every move that I make has to make sense from a time perspective. And then also uh, at this point in my sort of content creation phase, from a monetary standpoint, it has to it has to make time. And I'm fully aware that there are people out there that don't you know, create content to make money. Like they have no desire or passion to monetize this hobby of a proxy for a game that we enjoy and play. But for me, um, I do. Like I, I feel that the the information that I lay out, I feel that the advice that I give and the time, the dedication and the care that I give to my product uh, is definitely worth uh, monetizing or being able to monetize off of. So for me, um, that's sort of like an overall, like very general view of what I do in this space and sort of why I do it, man. But I know everyone's path and, and decisions are different in in this game that we play, though. Yeah, and I think uh, you touched on a really important point. And I think that you're saying, especially kind of without saying it directly, was that your plan was always to monetize the content. And I think I would be kind of surprised if there was people out there who truly did feel like, you know, I'm going to make this solely for the love of it. Like, I feel eventually you're going to come to a point where you're going to be like, well, I could make some decent money or some money. And so why would I spend all this time to 
not make that money like you're talking about. It's it's a true sacrifice if you want to do this. It's not just we're doing it for fun and you know, it can be like that and, and you may not get very far and maybe you don't care. But if you do want to kind of get there, you know, it, it's going to feel like a sacrifice. It's going to be a sacrifice. It's going to be a lot of time, a lot of effort. So you, like you said, you want to maximize that time as best you can. And I think um, you especially have done such an exceptional job with that, not just making it and being great at what you do, but finding ways to benefit your family financially and, you know, to free up time for yourself, right? Like you've been through the phase of going on everybody's show and doing as much as you possibly can to raise your brand, raise your name awareness. But, you know, now that time is over. And so now you're trying to find the way to best maximize all of that. And I think that's really cool to kind of see your growth from wanting to get your name out there and be recognized to now picking your own meetings, choosing what you want to do, um, and kind of do what's best for your family and your and your time more so than anything else. Yeah, and you know, I, I want to go back because honestly, man, my, my goal was not always to monetize this. Like at the very beginning, I just, I'm not going to name the podcast that I was listening to, but I was listening to a show. Uh, it was during the 2018 draft. And I just thought that the analysis was just horrible, man. Just terrible football talk, terrible analysis. And I just said, I think that I can do this better than these people, right? And I think in business, yeah. that's sort of the mentality you have to have. It doesn't matter if you're talking about fantasy football or if you want to sell fit meals or juices or smoothies or clothes. Like if you see something and you feel, you know, we like to sit back on the sidelines all the time and talk about everybody else, right? How much better we can do things. If it were me, I would have done it this way. Well, if you truly feel like that, then go for it, right? And in that moment, I felt like I could do it better than the people that I was listening to. And, you know, I said, you know, what the hell with it? I bought a mic and did that. So it wasn't always about the money, but it, there was a point in time where I just realized, like, because I went through the full gamut, dude. Like, I wrote articles for $5 an yeah. article, $10 an article. Um, I guessed it on everybody's podcast, like to the point where it was causing true strain in the relationship with my wife, right? Because I'm just like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like I got to guess, I got to guess, I got to guess, I got to do this. And I'm trying to create my own content. But it, it got to a point where, you know, realizing what I was doing for everybody else was helping them much more than it was really helping me out, right? Like, by me yeah. busting my ass to write 50 articles a month for said site or for me to drop all these podcasts a week for these certain sites, like they're getting all kinds of ad revenue. They're getting sponsorship opportunities. They're getting more exposure because I've got a large following and it dawned on me that like I'm busting my ass for 10, 20, $30 when every piece that I put out is making them $150, $200, $300. And then it just hit me. I'm like, man, the hell with that. Like I, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. Like I'm not working for anybody like that anymore. Um, but that, that came through time that came through grind that came through execution, dude. When, when we started thinking about launching a YouTube channel, like there was so much deliberate and intentional thought about, when we were going to release things, when they needed to go out, what time they needed to go out, how many needed to go out, what it needed to look like. Like we really grind to get to this point now where we're making pretty good money to, to entertain people and to provide 
fantasy football content and advice. And I don't take it for granted, man, but there's there's a lot of shit that had to be done in order to get to the point that we are right now, man. Yeah, and I have to give you a lot of credit for that because as much as I said to you, let's do YouTube, let's do all these different things, let's do something like you said that people aren't doing well enough. You talked about how when you started your podcast, you thought to yourself, well, I could do better than that. And then you proved it, right? And I think we did the same thing with YouTube was I said to you, like, why don't we do it? You have your following, you have your presence, obviously your mic, on mic ability. I can teach you the camera stuff. The money was kind of there and you're willing to put in some more to get there. But I think more than anything, it was just your trust in that process and seeing that potential revenue that also helped drive that, right? We saw the market and we saw where it was at. And I think in a lot of ways, people are seeing what we did and kind of tried to emulate that as well and build that as part of their own social plan. But more than anything, I think for me, it's like you talked about the evolution. Like I went back and watched one of our old videos. <laughs> it is so bad. Like the it honestly makes me cringe looking at the graphics. <laughs> I'm seeing me at my little table with my blue Yeti mic. Like you have your old microphone. You're in your old house. Yeah. Like I remember when you were podcasting, shooting videos outside of your what two bedroom apartment when you were transitioning yeah. from house to house. Like. This is, if people don't know this, like this is the actual struggle, but then it's not just a struggle because it's both of us, right? So as much as it was a lot of work, it was a lot of fun too, like coming up with new ideas, the amount of shows we put together and trashed and put together again and trashed and new ideas and constantly trying to innovate and do different things. Like, I think that's what makes it so much more fun for both of us is just the creativity aspect. And I think what it came down to was we both would rather work together on something than do things separately. And that's, I think, how we came together to be such a great team that we are now. Yeah, and you know, the, it's funny that you talk about that because where we sit today and the platform that we have, and it's crazy because I don't even think that we've made anything. Like I'm looking like, dude, we've got so much more room for growth that I don't want to even get yeah. comfortable, right? And a lot of people that don't know me like, it's, it's so funny, and I know you sit back and laugh to yourself, but, like, on Twitter when, you know, I've got tweets that are blowing up or, or all these people are following or all these people are saying, like, dude, that's the last thing I'm thinking about. Like, I don't care about any of that. Like, and it's, that's not me just saying it. Like, literally all I care about is, like, how do I make the content that we create better? Like, how can I do more? How can I make this better? How can it be more engaging? How can it be more entertaining? How can we get more eyes on the product? Like I I have, and you've told me this so many times, like they would sit back and like kind of think about and appreciate and and be proud of the accomplishments that you have made. But I really don't think that I, like, I'm just not there. That's not how I'm wired, man. Like I have yet to just sit back and be like, damn, we were able to go from like zero to where we're at literally in less than two years. Um, and because I don't think we've done anything yet. And I just know that there's so much more for us to do that I don't have time to sit back and relax. I know this isn't going to last forever. So while it is doing well, I want to create the best shit that we possibly can do. And I think with that comes, you know, honest conversation. It comes, you have to look yourself in the mirror and really say, what are my strong suits? What am I good at? What am I better at? And I know you and I had these conversations before because when we first started out, you know, you were on air a lot more, like you were on screen, on the videos a lot more. 
And then we went through this phase of kind of figuring out where you fit best in this puzzle. And now it's like, you know, I might be the guy that's out on the stage, but you're like Dr. Dre in the background, like orchestrating everything, right? Like because of what you can do with the production, with the graphics, with making this show from Dallas, Texas to fucking Canada look like we're in the same room, like that's where you shine and you help elevate what we do. And I too don't take that for granted because we looked at our skills and we figured out what works well for, for me, what works well for you, what you do best, what I do best. And we put the ego aside and it wasn't easy for either of us, right? Because I was used yeah. to doing all the shit myself and having so much creative control over how the final product looked, all of that. And to a certain degree, I still do, but not nearly as much as I did. Like now I'm just like, Jay, it's yours. You do your thing. I trust you to to make it look good. And I think that's what makes a good team. It's But you have to grow and you have to learn through those struggles, through those difficult conversations, um, but I think that's made us a better partnership and a bar- better team. Yeah, and I think uh, the people need to understand, like, this wasn't a natural process. Like, yes, the relationship bond was kind of always there, but like you mentioned, there was those growing pains where I wanted to be on camera more because I knew that that's where I lacked, but it was I was lacking so much to the point where you kind of had to say, okay, Jay, maybe we'll just not put that out. And... Luckily enough for us, I think we had enough of a relationship where I was okay with that, but I still wanted to be on camera. And, and, and like you said, we went through a bit of a rift. Like it really was a time when I was trying to do some stuff on camera and then you were doing a lot of editing. And, and I always, as much as I try to, people say, oh yeah, like the videos look so good. I'm like, you guys need to understand, like Ray does a lot more for the videos than you think he does. Now that's changed a little bit since then, but Back then, like you were doing all the editing pretty much. The only thing I would really touch is if you needed overlays, a few graphics here or there, I would kind of set up the shows, but you would take it from there. And that's where I have to give you a lot of credit is being so willing to learn all of these things, right? Like I basically said to you, hey, Ray, you're cool. I think people will like it if you do YouTube. And you just said, sure, no problem. And I taught you how to edit. I taught you how to use the graphics. I made them, taught you how to use them, all these different things, color, lighting, all these, all these small little things that people don't always pay attention to, but you did not just listen to what I said and take it. You actually learned far beyond, honestly, than I ever expected you to, but that's just your mentality. But then it took you saying, okay, how do we make this product better? And maybe I need to start giving Jordan more control. And I, and I think for you, that was one of the hardest parts. It wasn't that you didn't trust me, but you trusted yourself so much more than you trusted me that that gap was just too big for you to overcome mentally in some respects. But now, you know, again, time kind of heals all wounds. And now you just give me whatever and you and you don't care really what comes back because you believe in what I'm going to do. You believe in our shared vision. And that to me, I think was the really the gel between both of us is you being honest enough to just say, yeah, Jordan, I'll give you control. I'm not worried about the final result. I know you can deliver. And that gave me a lot of confidence too, knowing that you trusted in me to do all that. Yeah, man. And that's that's really what it takes in a true partnership. You know, I look around um, and I see so many different content creators have like full teams of people, man, like web developer, this producer, like it's you and I, dude. Pretty much, like, yeah. People need, to, people need to understand that that this was like built and created like really like two people, right? And for the longest time, it was me by myself. And I never asked you like, hey, I want you to come be a part of this, right? Like 
it just started out as it really organically like feedback. Hey, I can help you with this video. I can help you with that video. Um, but it's, we don't have any of the resources that a lot of people do. And I'm telling you right now, like I'll put the content that we create, the flow, the video, the sound, the color, the graphics, the animations, I'll put that shit up with anybody, like anybody, you know, if, if we had the budget that ESPN did, if we had the team that Fox Sports had, if we had all of that, like we would kill these cats, man. Like there's no doubt in my mind that the quality of what we do is just that superior, but that's not because it just came out the box that way. The reason why it is what it is, is because we tried so many different things to figure out what worked well. You know, I remember the, um, the first take overlay, like how much time it takes to put that together, to get things to transition, to get names and sliders and pictures and adding film. Like we truly do put in the work, put in the time to where I can confidently say, like, I don't think there are many people in the space that which we operate that can with us. And I think that if we were doing content creation on baking cookies, or if we were doing content creation on how to wash cars or power wash houses, like we'd be the best at that because we continue to push ourselves and not focus on everything and everybody else, right? We continue to push ourselves internally yeah. to be better, to, to make better content, to to learn a new skill, to get new cameras and figure out how to use them and worrying about lighting. And and I am very, very anal with content. There have been times, Jordan, where we've put something together and you were like, dude, it's fine to put out. And I'm like, no, like, no, and we're not going to do it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, we're not going to do it. Like, we can't do this right now. Like, like we're just going to have to redo it. Like, I know this sucks, but that's that's why I feel like we can confidently say you know, we're on the right track to making it more so than a lot of people that I look at. And I'm just like, you know, maybe that's not their goal. Maybe they just like to just make content, but that's, that's not going to cut it. Like there's just bad, bad quality information out there. And then there's bad quality production. And for me, I want my shit not only to be actionable, but I want it to look good and entertain people as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think you touched on a lot of good points. Um, one of the biggest ones for me, and I think I don't want to like toot my own horn here by any stretch because it is both of us. But part of it was the mentality that I had to instill within you is to not focus on what you see in the space, right? Like I've told you that countless times, look at the space and, and look at what people do. We don't do anything that they do. We do things completely different our own way. And the reason why is because when I first got into this whole content creation game, if you want to call it that, was I was looking at like the best of the best content creators, period, YouTubers, cinematographers, all these things. So I, my own personal standard for content was already way higher than most people would want. Now, of course, like you said, can I deliver what ESPN can deliver with their millions and millions of dollars with a budget? No, I can't do that. But in theory, if I had all of those things at my disposal, I could come up with something pretty damn close. And I'm very confident about that. But like you said, it's, it's looking at not just what you're doing in the space and what's being done in the space. It's looking at what other people are doing. Who are the people that you look up to? Now look at the people who they look up to for their content. And so I, I think there's just kind of a weird mentality within the space where, yes, we do great stuff, but 
like you said, we, we don't think we're the best necessarily when it comes to overall content creators. Now, could we create content about cars or about shoes or like, like the Black Box show? This is our new project. Like this is the thing that we want to take to the next level, right? Like this is our new hit show that one day could be on God knows what network. Like I know we both truly feel that way. And that's how we put so much work. Like people may not know that we recorded the first show three times because it had to be perfect. It, it, we couldn't settle for anything but that. And it took coloring, it took learning, making mistakes, but these are all the things that require that are required to really make it in this space, not just in the fantasy space, but in the content creation game. Like you can't just do the same thing over and over and over and expect to really improve. You have to try new things. Like we talked about the overlays and the first take one in particular, the amount of graphics and things that I made that we don't even use anymore is crazy but it taught us so much what's necessary, what's not, where can we kind of make things a little bit easier for me and for you and just building out our content over time. And now, man, well-oiled machine, new projects, you know, we may do here or there, but we basically had it all figured out now and it's just about executing, right? Like before it was about what are we going to do? And then it was about working around your time. Like I would love for you to talk about that because that is something that is so, so difficult for us. It probably took us, I'd, I'd say about a year, right? To really figure out your time and, and what you're doing because you're doing guest shows, you're doing your own podcast, you got to shoot YouTube videos, I got to edit them. And, and just how you worked around all that, obviously, well, having kids, having a job, like, and then as well, expanding the Destiny Debbie team as well, right? With the Patreon and adding people on and all those things, man, it's, it's a lot of work and I got to give you a lot. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Credit for that. Yeah, man. Um time like uh you know i've talked about this on the clubhouse with a couple of people before but i truly value my time more than anything you know a lot of people it's funny because a lot of people for those of you who don't know I, I i was i was form i'm formerly the host of the fantasy uh, fantasy pros dynasty football podcast as well as i had my own show on the roto underworld radio network and co-hosted a show with literally i'd say fantasy pros is the biggest fantasy football company outside of ESPN in the world. And, you know, in the dynasty space, Roto Underworld is one of the top fantasy football service providers as well. And when I said that I was no longer going to uh, work with them, like people literally, I was getting messages saying like, 
dude, you're crazy. That's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. That's a dream for so many. How could you just walk away? What on earth are you doing? Like, I got all kinds of people pretty much saying that I was crazy for, you know, stepping away from those companies, from those sites. And while I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity they gave me, like, I don't feel that way at all. Like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, like, I, like, I don't feel any kind of way about, I don't look at it that way. And I guess, you know, it, it, in a certain way, when you're, when you have a supreme and confident belief in yourself and your product and how far you've come, like, it doesn't affect you. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's just funny to me to see those kind of comments, like people saying, like, I can't believe when it, what do you, why can't you believe? Like, look at what we've accomplished. Look at what Destination Debbie and the, the service that we provide has become. Yeah over the past year and a half, yo, I'm betting on myself and I'm doubling down. Like J Cole said, you know what I mean? So time is important, man. I got two kids. I got a wife. So for me, I don't record during the day. Um, you know, the only time that I can record videos or make podcasts is in the evening. So it's a sacrifice. Like there are times where I want to go fucking lay down and take a nap and relax and watch TV, but I want to provide content for people. I want people to have something to look at while they're at work or when they're on their lunch break. And I want them to feel how we feel and get that energy and that enthusiasm that we bring to the table. So I don't do anything until the evening time. I limit my guest appearances. I'm very, very, very cautious over my time. And I think everybody needs to do that. Like regardless of what space you're in, what you do in life, like protect your time. Make sure you take time for yourself, whether that's to work out, to meditate, to to have a drink, to relax, to chill out, like stop giving everybody else your time. And you've got to reclaim that in order to be the best version of yourself that you can be. That way you could put out dope content. That way you can entertain people. That way you can grind and bust your ass to get to a place where you can monetize the work that you put in throughout the week. Yeah, man. And I think uh, that's a great lesson for people to understand is that like you've had all these opportunities, but at the end of the day, it's, it is in some ways easier for you to do stuff with me than it is for you to be on other shows. And I think it's hilarious because until I started doing my own podcast, I didn't really understand the whole thing. Like you don't really have guests on your show and people that, you know, they don't, if they watch the content frequently, they may know, be aware of it, but don't really notice that you don't have a lot of guests. And I'm really the only guest that comes on the show a lot. It's because our relationship, right? You can hit me up and in half an hour, you know that I can, I'm ready to record. I don't have a whole lot of obligations, whatever. That, that, that's just like my own situation. But organizing a guest and, you know, making sure they're on time <laughs> and all of these things, like, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, it's a pain in the ass. And, I, yeah. and people do it. Like, I couldn't even imagine being on a show with three or four people, you know, working around three or four different schedules and then, and then talking to all the guests and all these things. Like, I want to give those people a lot of respect. But truthfully, like, I, I just can't do it. Like, I could not do it at all. It gives me anxiety, man. It gives me anxiety even thinking about trying to schedule a show around three other people. Like there's, I will never do that. I will never do that. man. Yeah. And, and I feel bad because I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to be on the platform. Uh, and when they ask, sometimes they even ask me, they're like, Oh, Hey, like, can I come on the show soon? Or I'd love to come on the show soon. And trust me, I I definitely want to get all of you that deserve to be on the show, on the show, or, you know, if me and you can orchestrate it, make that happen. But truthfully, like you will just record whenever you got time. And, and I think that is the most blessing. Like it's the biggest blessing that you have. You just record 
when you have time. And if I have to edit it, you know I'll get it done for the next day or the day after, whatever. And that's it. Like that, that is the entire creative process is you come up with an idea, you making a video on your own time, whenever you feel like it. And then if I have to edit it, then I do that after the fact, but it's just so easy. Like people take so much time to schedule guests, do show sheets, all these things. And it's like the amount of time we must save each other, just working together and knowing our roles within the company. I couldn't even imagine. Because the second yeah. you add more people, it just complicates things like who's going to do what and when are they going to do it? When's it going to come out? What do you have going on in your life? And I would love to kind of like talk more about like our lives because there was that time um, last year when I especially like you had to tell me like, look, Jay, I know that you're doing a lot with Destination Devi, but you have a lot going on in your own life. And if you need to take a step back, take a step back. And, and I have to give you a lot of credit for that because I did need that. I did need that time to kind of just reflect on what I was doing. And you understood that I needed that time to just do whatever I had to do, figure it out. And then I came back kind of, I didn't really ever leave, but I was then able to re-engage because I had that time to figure out what I was doing. And uh, you know, that's that's what bosses are good at, man. Like you're you're the head honcho and you understand what makes the whole machine tick and, and understanding that I just needed that time to figure out what I had to do. Um, was really important for me and, and I have to give you a lot of credit for that like that to me was honestly invaluable because we came back and we hit those player profiles and boom thousands of views on each and every single one of them and and now the channel is growing like crazy and it's it's crazy it's I don't know man it's crazy to think kind of how that whole series of events transpired and where we're at now just constantly pushing out content like a content machine yeah man it's called being aware it's just really called it's awareness man and that applies in every single aspect of life, being aware of the situation of the people around you. If you're married or you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend or your significant other or whomever, like you got to be aware if they're having a down day, if they're not feeling well, then you step up and you say, let me take care of this. You know, you don't got to cook that meal. You don't got to clean that. You know, I'll go pick up the kids. I'll go, you know, take the dog for a walk. Don't worry about anything. You relax. And as a boss, that's what you got to do. You got to be aware of the people around you. You have to be aware of, of how they're feeling. And while I push, 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 and I do demand excellence to a degree of what we do, I'm also aware that something... You certainly do. I'm, I, I do. But I'm also aware like when I need to pull back, right? Where, you know, sometimes... You know, you know, for those of you who don't know, you know, some people don't ask me for anything and I cut them a check and say, what's your address? Like, I appreciate the work that you've done. Let me compensate you for your time. You know what I mean? Without anybody ever asking me anything, you know, or, you know, you think you're going to get paid, you know, X number of dollars and I kick in another 500 just because like, yo, I appreciate what you do. You know, it's. It's being aware of your surroundings, of your situation. And if you want to be a good leader, a good manager, a good boss, a good, a good entrepreneur, you have to be aware of all of that. You have to be aware of people's strengths, people's weaknesses, your strengths, your weaknesses. And you have to, you have to be willing to have the tough conversations and then also be willing to listen during those tough conversations, not just getting out what you need to say, but hearing, listening, internalizing, and then implementing it with authenticity, being genuine, being authentic. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that I pride myself on is, yeah, I keep shit real. I'm going to call it how I see it. 
But there are so many times where like, I'll do whatever I can to put people in situations to be successful. We've got people who are patrons who just literally started out paying us for fantasy football advice. And now they're working for a fantasy football company. They're participating in leagues with people that they only dreamt of. They're having an opportunity to get connected with bigger people in the industry to help propel them. It's not me trying to hold anybody back. Uh, I want everybody that rocks with me to succeed, to do well um, in life, in this career space. And I just want to, us to keep growing. But, you know, if you're rocking with, with me and with the squad, like we're going to demand excellence and we're, we're going to have the mentality that there's nobody out there that can with us. Man, I couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself because if there's one thing you do well is, is you listen and, and you do everything that you have to do as a leader. Um, but I think part of that just stems with our relationship in general, right? Like people maybe know that we're close, but like we're legitimately like close, like good friends, had serious conversations about our lives, our, our past lives, like things like our successes, our failures, where we're trying to go. Like these are all things that really build that relationship and make our ability to create content so much easier because we have such a great understanding for each other. And as well, like you said, being aware of each other's situations. Like I know late at night, I'm not necessarily trying to text you all the time if I need something or I don't need something. Like I have to be aware of all those things because you have your kids and your wife and all these things going on. But you as well show me that same respect. Like people who don't know, like, you know, I got, I have a girlfriend and I chill at home most of the time, but I don't got a whole lot going on. So I tell you all the time, yo, if you need something, just hit me up. Like in a half hour, hour, it could probably be done. It's easy for me, but you're always as aware about my time as I am, or I have to be in some respects about yours. And I, and that's where I think it works so well because our relationship is not just fantasy football or not just destination Debbie. It's way beyond that, man. Like we talk about everything in the world. Like I honestly feel like I could talk to you about anything. And, and that to me is what's so important about like this. And that's what makes the black box show so great because you and I, man, we can talk about anything and we can have a good time with it. Uh, we can have fun with each other. You know, we know the lines, we know what we both expect and, and we both just try and kill it each and every time. Yeah, man, you, um, you know, it's, I, I sit back and, I, and, I, and I'm just, I'm listening and thinking about this conversation. What's some advice that you can give somebody looking, watching this video, listening to it, you know, when they're thinking about how to continue to grow and elevate their platform, how to better monetize what they do how to maybe even crack into this game. Like what advice would you like not? And I'm not talking about like the, 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 the politically correct, yeah. the, the sugar code net, like what real advice would you give people out there who are trying to make it in this space or be a content creator, just about the sacrifice, the grind, the hustle, um, the authenticity, like what advice would you really give somebody man? Cause this is, this is what everybody wants to know. They want to know what advice, how do I get in this and how much money you make? That's what people really want to know. Well, I think for me, uh, it's funny because I think we'd have two different answers because to kind of quickly go on a tangent, like you kind of want to make it in the fantasy space, but I don't. Like I've told you that. Like I don't really care if I make it in the fantasy space. I just want to create dope content wherever it is, whether it's for myself, for you, for somebody else. That's my goal to make dope content. And so for me, that should be everyone's first goal is how do you make dope content? Maybe you think my content's dope. Maybe you think someone else's is dope. Whatever you think is really good content, check it out. See what they do. See what they do that other people don't do and see why you like it versus someone else's. That to me is the first step. 
But the second step is just being engaging and just interacting with as many people as you can because the hardest problem is that people don't interact. They just tweet out their own stuff and they don't you know, try and make friends with the industry. They don't meet new people. They don't guest on shows. Like, I look at certain people that I really respect that are doing a great job. They go on everyone's show or as many as they can. They write articles as much as they can. Like, like you said, it's a grind, it's a hustle. But for me, as someone who wants to just create content, I just have to practice making content, whether it's shooting video, whether it's trying new ideas, whether it's creating motion graphics. That's how I stand out. So I'd love to hear your perspective as more as like the true fantasy analyst content creator versus me, more the background guy who just wants to make dope stuff and kind of where you stand on that. Yeah, man. And again, I'm just like, I don't necessarily want to make it in the fantasy space because I, I can, like, I know I can. Um, all I really want is I want to, I want to have enough income generated every month coming in every month in order to compensate you well for your time and, or, and for me to do what I want to do and not touch my like real life money. Right. That's what I want. That's what I want. And I mean, I'm damn near there and I'm not even doing it full time. I, I don't know if I want to ever do this like I'm 34. Can I see myself doing this until I'm 60 or like 50s? I don't know, man. Like, like do I do I see myself in an office at 8:30 at night when I'm 43 years old talking about some kid that won't be born for another 15 years? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or whatever the case may be. Like, I don't know. All I know is right now. Um, it's it's been really good for me. It's been good for for my family. I know we talked the other day, and I was like, "Dude, did you ever think we'd be in a position where I could just be like, oh, I'm gonna throw you a rack, like you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I'm gonna throw you a thousand. Like, did you like? And you were like, "Yeah, I thought we'd get there, but I'm like, bro, there's no way I thought we'd be in this position this quick. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I I always saw it, and I think that's the funniest part is. People ask me kind of like how I did it. And it's like, I don't know. I just saw something in Ray first. So I kind of just feel like I bet on the right horse. But in a lot of ways, like <laughs> I, I didn't just bet on the horse. Like I, I trained him. I taught him. We, we grew together. Boop. Like I'm his jockey. You didn't, you know, like you didn't train. <laughs> you didn't train. You ain't no jockey. Like my advice, my advice, um, for people wanting to make it, wanting to break in, it's probably like not what they want to hear, but it's like, don't, like, don't try to do it. Yeah. Like really don't like, don't just do your thing. Um, if, if you enjoy it, then do it because you enjoy it. And that's what I did at the beginning. I enjoyed doing it. Had I done that at the beginning to make money when we were struggling, I remember we would get like a hundred views on a video. You know what I'm that saying? Hurts, like 200 man. People views. People don't understand. That hurts. <laughs> you know, you get that. Like, if if that was all we were trying to do, we would have quit a long time ago. We would. I remember when we were just struggling to get to that thousand subscriber mark. When I was like, dude, all I want is a hundred patrons. All I want to do is find somebody to sponsor the podcast. All I want to do is write for Roto Underworld or be on a Fantasy Pro show as a guest. Like, we've done all of that and. It didn't come, I mean, it came relatively quickly, but there was a lot. I don't think people understand how much really went into that. And I would just advise people against it. Like, do what you do because you enjoy doing it. And if you enjoy doing it so much that it turns into a revenue stream for you, then great. 
but do not go out there and like, I'm going to do this to make money. Yeah. Like, because it's, I didn't even do that, man. I didn't do that. So it's, it's one of those things where I, I hate to say this, but some people just have it, man. Yeah. Some people are just good on camera. They're entertaining. They have the gift of gab. They're just very good and entertaining individuals. And some people don't. Some people don't have it, man. Like they have the best information, the best data, awesome tools. They're good with web, but they just are not good at entertaining people. That is not easy to do. It's not. And some people, not all entertainers, not all content creators are created equal. Some people may entertain a small few, but to be able to cross out and spread and touch everybody and everybody's like, yo, that dude is dope what they're doing is nasty. Like that is not easy. That's a gift. It's a, it's something innate that some people have and other people don't. And that's okay. Like continue to do the best that you can do and don't worry about somebody else. You miss your blessing when you're focused on everybody else and what they're doing, you miss yours. So make sure you're focused on you and what you're doing, regardless of what space that's in. Facts, man. I love that. I love that, man. So, so I know before we get out of here and we waited to the very end, but people are like, so how much money do y'all make? How much money like do y'all bring in? Are you, are you turning a profit? I'm not going to, I'm not going to spill all the beans now because finally, finally this year we will have uh, one of those end of the year videos where we can say, Destination Debbie grossed over $100,000. We can put hours out, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and and talk about the talk about the different ways that we hit that goal. But between uh, show sponsorships and partnerships and, you know, Patreon services and other things, we'll be well over the six-figure mark uh, for the first time here in 2021. Yes, sir. And it's just, uh, it's a blessing it's a testament to everyone that's rocked with us from 2019 uh, to 2021, and we're just getting started. You know, it's a testament to you and the hard work of you, uh, Jordan, and honestly to everybody that watches these videos, that listens to the podcast, that subscribes to our content, that joins the Patreon. It's because of them that we're able to do that. And the good thing about us and where we're at is we've had the ability to pay other people for their time. We've had the ability to not just take from our patrons, but give back, give away jerseys, give away signed posters, give away memberships, give away clothing. Like we give so much back to the people who support us. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but my phone line is always open for anybody that wants to strategize, to talk. Some of my friends, Eric Crocker and some others, like they, they're the ones who reached out to me talking about how do I start a Patreon or give me some tips and give me some advice. So uh, we're at that point now where Destination Debbie will gross well over $100,000 here in 2021. And uh, we just want to continue to grow that. So it's just a dope, a dope feeling that we're both appreciative and, and humbled by, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I, one more can be said, right? Like, like our phone lines are open. Um, I tell people a lot, like, you can hit me up and ask me questions and nobody ever does. But it's funny because whenever they want access to you, that's when they hit me up. And that makes me laugh because it's like, we're still a team. Like we're still doing this together for most of it. So it's like, if you want to know the business side, you know, you can reach out to either one of us, man. Come on. I know, I know I don't got 20 K, but I'm still here, baby. I'm still here for you. 
they know they got to come to the big dog to get that real talk. So it's okay. Don't be offended, Jay. There's levels to this shit. Yeah. I'm going to get you there, bro. I'm going to get you there, bro. But that's that's what it is right now. But nah, man, it's, it's dope. We appreciate it. It's good to get back on the mic with you, man. It's good to just dive into this content creation, how to make it kind of conversation. And I'm sure this won't be the first time that we have this kind of talk on this channel, but we appreciate y'all checking us out. Jay, I'm done, man. I'm tired of shit, bro. Yeah, man, that's it. We done. We out of this thing. Peace.